this song, never gonna do the same for you. What's up, guys? It's Donna here. And Holly. And you're listening to Teaser Talk. Turn this on, never gonna do the same. You hit the on switch. Turn this on, never gonna do the same for you. What's up, everyone? Happy Teaser Talk Tuesday. It's Holly here, and I'm so excited about our guest today. I'm here with Position. What's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, good. How you feeling? Feeling great. Fantastic. The sun's finally starting to shine here in Texas, so felt like it was Seattle there for a moment. It was always raining for like the past two weeks. It's been pretty Pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Texas weather sometimes gets a little bipolar, but I love Texas, so it's all good. Texas is that. I agree. So, you know, I was thinking about this podcast episode and how to kick it off. I've been following you for quite some time. Um, but, you know, one thing as I didn't really know your story. So mm -hmm. I'd love to kick this episode off with you sharing your story as an artist um, if you can share with listeners where you're from and then how you really got into the music industry, because you've been here for quite some time. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, California, uh, Watts District. And, you know, like you said, I've been doing music so long. It's just crazy. But um, a good friend of mine taught me how to make beats. I was, um, you know, grew up rapping as a kid, but I was always infatuated by people that make music just out of nowhere and just create all this good music so I just sat there paid attention until i learned pretty soon the words started getting out and um i got the attention of crazy bone and you know he i met him through a, a female by the name of tanya duche and we just started working ever since and uh we started working me him uh keith chi started working on a, a song called welcome to the alley and it just kept on just going after that to life is a lesson learned to what everybody hears today. And it spilled over into me being their DJ, which wasn't, you know, wasn't something that I thought I was going to be, but there I am. I love it. So you're obviously looking to get more into the rap part, not necessarily the DJ part, exactly. but I feel like that definitely probably had to open some doors for you too as well. Um, a lot of people probably saw you as a collaboration piece, not so much as a competition. Right. Right. I mean, um, you know, like I said, uh, the DJ situation happened kind of by default. Um, Crazy and Wishbone were going to Australia and they didn't have a DJ, but they didn't tell me that they didn't have a DJ. They just, they just offered me to go out there and, and open up and perform and stuff like that. And um, at that time, as soon as we landed, they asked if I knew how to work the equipment. And I was like, hell no, nah, I don't know how to do that shit. <laughs> and um, I literally had to learn that night because we had a show as soon as we, as soon as we got off the plane that night. That's awesome. So right. you literally were just like some opening set to, okay, now you're officially our DJ. Let's learn how to do this equipment. Yeah. I love that. When was that? Oh man, it was, it was, it felt like it was a long time ago now. <laughs> um, it was literally 10 years ago, 2011. That's awesome. What a great story. So yeah. yeah, speaking of you guys, you were literally the first show that I had attended post pandemic. Um, it was here in Texas, and it was just so nice to be 
kind of normal. I don't know if we'll ever have a normal anytime soon, but it was nice to kind of enjoy live music. And I'd love to hear, like, what were you doing during pandemic? I know so many artists have kind of either, like, they either allow that to paralyze them or they found it to uh, some time to really, you know, get creative and do collaborations virtually and things like that. So I'd love to hear what you were doing last year before you guys could go back out onto the road. Um, For me, just being real honest, I was doing all the wrong shit. And um, I was, you know, just like everybody else, eating a lot. Um, then I was drinking like super heavy, like I was still on tour. But I was, you know, really just being creative in the house. But as far as me being creative in the house, which was dope, I was sitting here just getting big as fuck. So I was like, man, I got to stop this shit. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just kind of took some, took some time to like sit back, reflect on a lot of shit, like, I didn't had a lot of fun, um, you know, creating music, but I just got more into, you know, learning the business part and, um, you know, just really getting things done right and um, creating some stuff that people ain't ready for for these next few projects. So I just took that time and just really just went all out. I love to hear that. And I'm super excited to be on the lookout for all that. The new stuff you get, you will be dropping. Um, I think I can definitely say you are not alone during COVID whenever you would just sit there and eat and drink. It was kind of weird. Like the beginning of it was like, ha ha, this will be over soon, whatever. Right. And then it was kind of like, wait, what is this thing? And then it was like, I guess I'm going to start drinking at like 3 p.m. because there's nothing to do <laughs> and eating. Yeah. It was, I, I, I'm, you are definitely not alone when it comes to that. There's a lot of us, including myself, that had established those bad eating habits. Now, you had in 2020, and I don't know if you record this previous um, COVID, but you were on Lazy album, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, was that recorded before or after? Uh, his project? Uh, yeah, for the song that you're on. Uh, which one? We did a few. Oh, was well, it? So, one I was listening to was Holler When You See Me. Um, was it the way? No, we are way too real, right? The shit is too real. It's a lot. We did that. Yeah, um, was that last, was that during pandemic or did you? Nah, have, I, no, um, no. I, I, you know what? That was right before. Gotcha. I think that was right. Yeah, we man, we just work so much. I don't know. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you. We work a lot. Like every time we get in the studio. It's just we don't think about time. We don't think about days, especially when you get in with somebody like Lazy Bone. He just he just really puts the fun in music. And then you just you just kind of let everything else just out the window. And, you know, he just makes you real comfortable and relaxing and be yourself. So I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, so you, obviously outside of the whole bad habits, but it sounds like business continued as usual as far as collaboration and staying connected and then also honing in your craft. Uh, you just yeah. dropped also, you and Crazy had dropped a song called Break Up a Bag. Can we talk yeah. about that one a little bit? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Crazy's another one. Crazy, crazy is, is fun, but he's really more technical in the studio. So he's one that I learned from how to get technical and just make big, big music. Um, I've already made like, you know, big songs in my eyes, you know, with the way I do things, but he like takes it to another level. So we was in the studio and um, 
I just heard the beat that was produced by the homie Eugene on the sound. And I'm like, man, let me, let me hear, I hear something. Let me just uh, go in the booth. So I just did the, um, I did the hook. I'm like, all right. And, um, you know, that was, that was fucking with it. And then um, Crazy was like, man, put a verse on there. I was like, all right. So he ended up putting his verse in there a little later. I just kind of like freestyled my verse, which I kind of do anyway. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, man, it's, it came out pretty dope. Then he was like, yeah, man, we're going to shoot a video to it. And I like, I kind of, I kind of, I love the video, but I don't like the video. Cause now, now I'm looking at myself like super big. I'm like, damn, I don't even look like that no more. That's awesome. It, yeah. it, it's interesting. So you freestyle more than anything. Have you always been, has that always been your style? No, no. Um, just like everybody else, you start off writing. Yeah. But then, um, you know, as time goes and you just kind of start feeling out. Uh, so yeah, now it's like, as soon as I hear the beat, it's like, all right, let me just, you know, think for a minute, just vibe to the vibe to the beat, mumble a few words until something comes out. That's awesome. I love it. And one word I hear like a lot, just in our conversation where it keeps popping up is going to be collaboration. So you've mm -hmm. collaborated with some amazing artists, just a few that we've just connect talked about. Yeah. What advice would you give to those who are looking to do the same thing and build that connection um, in the music industry? Um, honestly, the music is bigger than your ego. Um, you know, a lot of people, especially like in, in the hip hop industry, but a lot of people, when it's time to create, some people want to kind of take control of the song when, you know, you should be able to just work with each other. Whatever works, works. If it doesn't, you know, you'll feel it. So you got to learn how to work with each other. You know, I just, and perfect example, right? I just seen an interview with uh, Pharrell from the Neptunes which yeah. I'm a huge fan of. I got to work with that dude one day. And he was like, man, there's like, there used to be people that used to just work by themselves, but now it's like so many people working on one song just to get that song done and done right. So, you know, that's, that's the perfect example. Like, you know, don't let your ego fly into it, you know, work with each other. You know what I'm saying? And be open, be open-minded to, you know, what the possibilities can be. I love that. And, you know, it's, you're so spot on when it comes to ego, especially the music industry. You see so many people split up. They're in a band together um, because of egos. And I love seeing the collaborations. And I feel like the rap industry, you guys have been doing it for so long. I feel like forever. Yeah. Um, what I love now seeing it is kind of almost that spilling into the rock industry as well. People are finally allowing themselves to not be the only name on the song or the album. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just love seeing too, some people like cross pollinate to through different genres. So it's awesome to see. Is there anyone else other than Pharrell that you'd like to collaborate with that you haven't already? Uh, a lot of people. Um, uh, E-40 is one of them. Like the, my top five, I'd say, would be E-40. Pharrell, uh, Surge from System of a Down. Oh, that'd be a good one. Um, I've collaborated already with with the homie uh, DJ Starscream from Slipknot. Slipknot yeah, That's so awesome. yeah, so and we're working. We're actually working on some 
new shit for next year. Like I'm actually working on a um, kind of like a hip hop rock EP, which is dope. Which Ooh, is super, that's so good. Is this what the music you're talking about? That's like not ready. For, like people are not ready for this to be dropped. <laughs> that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, but yeah, like um, people that know me in the camp, they already know I did a, a rock and roll album already, but I just never released it. So now it's like, okay, now it's time for me to just put some shit out there. Yeah. Sounds like you were ahead of the game back then. That probably would have been like, wait, what? I don't know if they would have been ready for it. No, like, you know, you see this, you see this dude with like two ponytails and t-shirt and jeans and all of a sudden you see this dude singing and screaming out the top of his lungs and shit. It's just crazy. That's awesome. I definitely can't wait to hear that. So obviously being in the music industry, as long as you have, you've seen the evolution of it. Um, it's transferred for transformed not only the way that we listen to it and consume it, but also how we discover artists. What would you say? Would you say that labels are just as important today as they were back in the day whenever it comes to artists, new artists specifically, to build credibility and to get their music discovered? Oh, um, I, I think it depends on how you look at it. You know, a lot of people are starting to say labels are obsolete, mm -hmm. you know, for the simple fact that, um, you know, because of social media and all these um, platforms now. You know, you kind of can just cut the middleman out and stuff like that. And um, you can pretty much pay your own money to promote yourself and stuff like that. But these traditional labels, you know, they have so many relationships with other countries and other big labels and stuff like that to where it's just super easy. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's, it's really what you want to go for. Like if you want to if you want to be famous and, you know, get people to spend money you know, that's cool. But at the same time, you have to be prepared to pay double that money back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they have to recoup the money that they spent. And you'll never honestly know how much, you know, you took in or they're taking from you. Um, versus, you know, you live in that independent grind and, you know, thugging it out and, you know, sometimes making a couple dollars, sometimes making nothing. And then, you know, having those times where you just, you know, you're not stopping work and you're just touring every day. So, you know, it's really on to me how you feel and what you get out of it. That makes a lot of sense. And I just feel too, you know, there, social media has opened up a lot of doors to being discovered and a lot of ways to connect and collaborate with people. Mm -hmm. But I think, too, there's just so much noise out there that if you've had the right person or the right label uh, representing you, they could collapse time and show you exactly a roadmap, especially if you don't know how to do that in business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, man, it's a lot and it is a lot of noise. And a lot of times that noise gets annoying. <laughs> um, and it's crazy. As loud as I like music, I don't like noise. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying, but um. You know, there's it's people that's going to be able to make things right. And, you know, a lot of people just got to learn from their mistakes. Like, um, there's there's been music ever since we was kids, man. Like, you know, there's a million one-hit wonders. There's a million, how the fuck did that even make it on the radio? And, you know, the only thing is now, that, like I said, we have we have technology to where everything is just easily consumed, like you said earlier to where 
you just hear a lot more bullshit. Mm -hmm. So, 100%. you know, yeah, especially so. like eight people editing the sound of their voice. There's a lot of technology that they sound awesome. I've seen a couple like they sound awesome. And then you go to a live show and you're like, this is a lot different. Yeah. Like this, is this even the same person? <laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely get it. Um, and like I said, they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to end up learning their craft one way or the other, because yeah. like you said, when they get to doing live shows, it's like people going to figure that part out. Mm -hmm. They're going to see it and be like, no, nah, I, I don't like this. So, you yeah. know, and then you have to understand there's some people that's just in it for attention. There's some people that's just in it for money and they don't really take the craft serious. You know, there's people that don't even get paid and they take their craft real serious. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And some people, they figured, oh, well, I can do this and, you know, press a few buttons here and, and make themselves sound like that. And yep. yeah, it's, it's just not the case. Not how it goes. Yeah, no. I love that. That's awesome advice. And it's interesting, too, because you kind of see this trend of it's acceptable now just to drop singles versus albums to support it. What's your thoughts on, like, just dropping singles versus albums? Um, I like both. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel like, um, and I should be dropping more singles as well, but I feel like singles just kind of just keeps you floating out there because, you know, we're in the industry now. It's like here today, gone today, not even tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the industry loves singles. They need singles because it's like, like you said, music is so easily consumed yeah. to where now it's like, okay, I heard it three four times what's next yeah you know what i'm saying and nobody like nobody's saving up their money to buy the next <laughs> single nobody's doing that now it's like you can click pandora spotify yep. you know deezer whatever you want to click on apple music all that and um you, you could just hear everything for free uh -huh. you know what i'm saying so yeah, it's crazy. We live in a society where like, you know, we're used to buying something online and getting it two days later, like Amazon. So we're in such a culture right now of like we instant gratification. We want it right now. And you're absolutely right. Because me personally, as a music fan, I yeah. look forward to Friday because there's a playlist that's, you know, new release radar where I can go there and listen to the fresh new music versus like taking the time of listening to songs I just downloaded the last week. So you're spot on when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, Staying yeah, relevant. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's all it is. Um, you know, it's just people have a mind of a freaking goldfish. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, all right, uh, what was that last? Like, you don't even, you can't like, unless it's something that you really grew up on. Now, mm -hmm. you can't even, you can't even name a song that you probably remember like that. You know, what I'm saying yeah. in the last five years, unless it's like a drake j cole or some shit yeah. like that you know well, everything is so microwavable now well too like there was something like and i just remember going back as a kid like we would save like me and my sisters we would save our money together and then go like once a month to like the music store and buy cds or buy cassettes so, like that was back then i feel like there's more personal like you had more like um more of a relationship with that music, that band, because you saved up your hard-earned money in whatever way yeah. you got it. And that's yeah. how you can see versus now, like you said, you just open an app, hit a button, and then you listen to it. Like there's yeah. no skin in the game other than maybe a subscription that you have a monthly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I, even that's 
uh, even with like live concerts now, mm-hmm. um, every once in a while you'll get like certain artists that you like, oh, I'm gonna go check them out or whatever. But now it's like, you could just catch all the people that you listen to in one festival and just call it a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, there's very few artists to where it's like, yeah, they come into town, we finna check them out. Now it's, yeah, now it's like you get all these festivals, especially out here on the West Coast, mm-hmm. where you, you, you're gonna end up seeing like 50 artists in one day. Yeah. Well, but there is something cool about discovering somebody watching them live versus like, I just, like I said, more of emotional connection because you're there in person. You're good to have that moment together at watching someone on stage versus just hitting play. And it's interesting, you know, just from that consumption of music, we've had people on the podcast, artists on the podcast before that either absolutely hate the way that music's involved. And some people love it because of the opportunity either way. I think the key to it is adaption. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on how artists can stay, you know, love it or hate it. It's going to change. What are some ways that artists, um, as far as advice goes, uh, how can they adapt to changes in the music industry like that? Um, I mean, honestly, you know, change is inevitable, mm-hmm. period. And, you know, change is getting faster and faster, like, not even by the year, like every six months, something is changing. Yeah. So you have to be willing yourself to, you know, accept, you know, adapting to everything. And if you don't, you just, you know, gonna be fucked up out here. So you won't last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just, man. Like every, every five minutes is just some new program coming out. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's super easy for people to make music. It's super easy to, you know, you literally make music just out the figment of your imagination. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's nothing for somebody to come up with their own genre, yeah. period. And, um, you know, somebody might not get it. Somebody might get it. And, you know, long as you stand true to yourself and true to your craft, you know, people might not even know what your craft is. People might not even know what it is you're doing, but as long as you stay true to yourself, you don't have nothing to worry about. Absolutely. I think, you know, they say the most expensive thing you can have in business or in your craft is a closed mind. So I think the moment you close your mind and not able to adapt is a moment you kind of cease to exist. Yeah. Changes yeah happen. I, I just seen a, um, a post from, uh, you know, a legendary manager by the name of Steve Lobel. And he said, the most expensive thing you can do is pay attention to the wrong person. Yep. That's so true. Absolutely. Especially now, like we said, there's a bunch of noise out there. There's a bunch of gurus and, you know, whatever the case may be, but so easy to paint yourself one thing, but then in reality be completely different. So, you know, speaking about like music festivals and all this stuff that's going on, um, what's your plans for the rest of 2021? Do you have any tours going on that you can kind of talk about? Um, off and on, we're doing shows. Um, you know, we just did that show in San Antonio and in Fort Worth. Um, I know me and Crazy got a show in Denver coming up. Um, then there's a few there's a few other shows with with the group. Um, my plans as a solo artist late June to um, release my album Changing Faces, which nice. is a pretty dope ass album. But then September, I'm pushing for September 
to release another album called Tapes and False Gates, and that's gonna have everybody turning like, where the fuck this come from? So, <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I've been working with a Latino rapper from San Diego by the name of Mr. Shadow. So we knocked out a banger. We loved it. So we're trying to knock out like a quick EP. And, um, you know, I, there's no timeline on that, but hopefully that comes out like this year. Um, but definitely Change of Faces is a go. Tapes and False Gates, a go. Break Up a Bag, Leaves a Legend, already a go. So yep. um, I just re um, released a single. Well, the homie released it. The homie Blaze, um, he produced a few of Busy Bones albums. And uh, we ended up putting out a single like a couple months back called Way Too Much. So that was, that was dope, real deep. Um, I produced a, a track, an actual EP on this dude, General. And um, that was pretty dope. I'm just working. That's it. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 2022, beginning of that, I'm, I'm really trying to put out the, uh, the rock and roll hip hop album. Which is which is already starting out dope. Yeah. Um, yeah, just I'm I'm just working. And um I put it to you like this. Don't expect just hip hop. I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. And um for those who are listening in and can't see the actual video, make sure you guys go follow position and it's across all platforms. He makes it easy for you. It's at position. So all the socials, check it out. YouTube, you definitely do not want to miss out on any of these new drops. I personally am going to stay glued. Can't wait to see these announcements. Um, before we get off of here, is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Um, you know, thank everybody for rocking with me. Thank everybody for staying tuned in with me. Um, I did take a little break um, for a while, but I just had to, I just had to do my little one to get this music shit right and get myself right. Now I'm just ready to have fun. Um, I lost like 75 pounds. So I'm like, yeah. So now it's like, I'm, I'm ready to turn up again. Not eat like that though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just ready to get out there and just get back to having fun, be the old fun me. Yeah. And, um, you know, just put out music that, that, people can be able to rock to for for a long time. I love it. Thank you so much for being on with us today, Position. And you guys all listening in, make sure you guys go check out his music. If you haven't already, you in for a treat. And until next time, you guys, keep rocking. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Teaser Talk. We look forward to seeing you next Teaser Talk Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at, at @teasertalk. This way we can keep up with you guys until the next episode.